Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is episode number 10. And we have our very special guest this morning, Miss Anna Letitia Cook, who's currently based in France. Hello, Anna. Hi, Jan. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm great. We're enjoying a heat wave here, so it's fantastic. Yeah. So tell everyone where in France are you based at the moment? Well, I'm actually, I'm in Brittany, which is the west. Okay. Uh, so normally it's, it's beautiful, but it's green. It's not normally hot weather. Uh, okay. so the fact that we're having a, a real heat wave at the moment for me is fabulous because I've lived in hot countries before. So, you know, for me, the maximum amount of heat, the maximum amount of sun, and I am a happy bunny. <laughs> but let everyone know that you are a Brit. You are originally from the UK. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you are an English woman through and through. Yeah, and Irish. Don't forget the Irish. Yes, help. and Irish. Absolutely. And Irish and Irish. So thank you so much for joining us today. It's a real pleasure to have you on our show. And I'm really excited to discuss uh, the topic, which is um, the importance of knowing who you are as you build your business. But before we jump into um, the topic, would you like to just tell us a little bit about you and your, your entrepreneurial story, which is very dynamic and filled with so many interesting changes? <laughs> okay, mm -hmm. well, basically, I started working in the city, um, you know, way back when. Uh, and then I was in press and shipping and oil. And after a few transitions, I went on into investment and real estate. But in between that, when I was early 30s, I think I was 32 or something like that, I set up an entertainment agency, which was purely by chance. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And I married a rock musician. Uh, <laughs> because of that, I mean, I literally, I just started by helping him find more gigs and then all his friends asked me blah 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 so it expanded from that and it ended up quite a big entertainment agency which was fabulous after that I moved on to Spain which is where I got into the real estate renovations that sort of thing and it was real estate both commercial and residential so I did that for quite a long time and loved it because I'm big into creative so anything renovation, anything decoration, you know, any arty farty, I love. <laughs> uh, but when I moved to France, um, I changed completely because I didn't really like the way they did real, real estate here. It was much too pushy. And I don't like hard sell pushy. I like very, very calm, very quiet, particularly because real estate is such an enormous investment for somebody. I don't think it's fair to push them. Um, so with that, I transferred and I completely retrained uh, in coaching and mentoring. So that's okay. what I've been doing here. Uh, and the women's side, because I specialize in women, women's empowerment, their progress, finding fulfillment, finding really what they want to do. That all came because I had so many clients who just weren't happy. They weren't necessarily unhappy but they weren't happy um, and they were tired and they were stressed so I progressed more and more into the women's side of it and now that's what I do most of and I absolutely love it it's so interesting and being able to see women who've been tired who've been stressed 
how they change and they find a real spark they find energy again i just think it's great it's wonderful so okay. that's my story briefly <laughs> that's your brief story but what a, what a like i said a dynamic a dynamic story that's a lot of changes and a lot of industries Oh, I like change. <laughs> yeah, and I know you only mentioned the UK and Spain, but you've lived in, in and now France, but you lived in other countries as well, right? Yes, that's right. I was in Bermuda for four years, which mm-hmm. was fabulous. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, in fact, where I first got involved in anything to do with decoration or creative type industries because I worked for a company that was import-export, but also did interior design for castles, for hotels, for things like that. Um, And I really enjoyed that. And I liked the lifestyle and I liked the sun, et cetera. Um, And it was very interesting to work in an expat type environment. I wasn't actually on an expat contract. I was on a normal Bermudian contract. Um, but there were a lot of expats there and it's very very different I mean I don't know if many of your listeners have done the the expat route but Mm -hmm. sometimes it can be quite difficult to fit into that because Mm -hmm. such a it's not exactly false but you're in a bubble as an expat I mean I was lucky all my friends were Bermudian but I really tried to stay with the Bermudians. I wanted to be, you know, well integrated into that country, the same as I did in Spain and the same as I did in, in, here in France. Um, mm. I tend to avoid the Brits, not because I don't like them, but for me, moving to another country is to really enjoy that country and that country's culture. Right. So that's what I do. Yeah, because I think it would be a little pointless to move to a new country and then only stick around find people who are from your country and only stick around that group. I feel like there's no, there's no growth in that. And yeah. a big part of travel and moving around is we want to grow. We want to learn. We want to stretch ourselves in a different way. So there's, I feel like there's nothing wrong with meeting people from your culture, your community, but ideally you want to expose yourself to, to that culture, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it's so interesting. And yeah. I think a lot of us that travel, um, I think we've got sort of, itchy feet gypsy feet maybe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so perhaps I mean this actually links to to my uh, passion for finding fulfillment mm-hmm. maybe we feel that what we have in our own country there's a few things that don't really match with who we are so mm-hmm. go somewhere else and I think the whole point when you do go somewhere else is to take some of the the habits the customs the the values of the places where you are and mm-hmm. then you can take them back with you you know if you move on to another country mm-hmm. you've got all the experience that you've had from the previous country um, you don't have to stay rigid into what you grew up with you can change you can develop you can grow so i mean i love travel obviously yes um, so i think for anyone trying to move and do something different mm-hmm it's always helpful. It gives you something special. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You've moved a lot yourself. Yes, I have. I've moved around quite a bit, but I think it's because I'm a little island girl, you know, (laughs) 
when you grew up in an 84 square mile island the way I did, I think you, you, you're one of two positions. Either you are completely invested in that, that's your life and you will never leave, or yeah. you just cannot wait to get out of the place. <laughs> and for me, I always knew that I wanted to leave. I think I always had a sense of like you said, you know, uh, gypsy feet, wanting to move, wanting to leave. But also, I think, uh, like you said, there's something about where you come from. Maybe you don't feel like you fit 100%. I know I've, I've had those feelings. Or yeah. like, um, you, you don't feel completely at ease. And I think it's very possible to be born and raised in some place, but don't really feel like you're fully part of that culture. Yeah. Um, and that that's sort of been me. So yeah, I've moved around um, in the US, in the UK, and I've, I've been involved in a lot of projects overseas. So yeah, I think, um, but I find I'm, I find I'm most comfortable in London, maybe because it's got so many different kinds of people. And, yeah. and, and that's, you know, no one cares in London, if you come outside with green hair or yellow yeah. shoes, or yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. like everyone can find their place in London. But I yeah. know for me, definitely, Growing up on a tiny, tiny island in a tight-knit community, I found it very, I think it has its pros and its cons, but I did find it a bit stifling. Yes, yeah. And then when I was in Bermuda, I mean, I love Bermuda. I really do love Bermuda. Mm. But it is small. Um, and I don't know how well I would have coped if I'd been born there and grew up there. Because yeah, very small, and everybody knows everything. Always. And there's a there's a lot of gossip, and there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of judgment, and yeah. the same in the gossip changes, but it's just just about the same people all the time. So the same yeah. information is being channeled through different people. So you know, today you're pregnant, tomorrow you've had an abortion. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, next yeah. week she's marrying some guy from across the street. It's like yeah. people they make things up you know, because it's so small and because it's such a tight knit community, there's a lot of judgment. There's a lot of judgment. Everyone's judging everybody. Everyone's trying to live quote unquote perfect lives and do the right yeah. thing. And that can be, that can be very stifling. Absolutely. But let's jump into your topic, which is okay. knowing the importance of knowing who you are as you build your business. And you can talk to a little bit, a little bit to us about scope which yeah. is your product and fulfillment and how that ties into knowing who you are. Okay. Well, I found from working with the, the clients, particularly the, the lady clients who weren't particularly happy in their, their work, that a lot of the problem was they felt that they were not exactly forced to do something, but they felt under pressure to conform to certain norms. And a lot of the time they hadn't really thought about what they wanted for themselves, or they thought that it wouldn't be acceptable, uh, or that they'd be judged. You know, like we were saying about other countries and small countries, you're judged for things. Mm -hmm. So this is why I went back and also I was lucky enough to read a really good book by Mariella Daba which is all about finding your inner self, but very much with business and leadership and things like that. Um, so that sparked an interest in me. And with that, there was a couple of other things that I read. And sort of the, the mix of all of these together really got me thinking, okay, I think what we need to do, not necessarily trying to find our purpose in life, which I know is a, a, a big, topic at the moment mm -hmm. but just finding really who we are what we believe in 
and then decide if we want to do something about the situation we're in currently. So I started by going back and thinking, okay, we need to find out who we were when we were children, before we had too much influence, and mm. then look at the effect that comes from our parents' views. So, I mean, if I can think of my own parents, that they're a perfect example. My mother being Irish, my father being British, and they're very different mentalities. Mm. Um, and my mother was very much, women should be at home, you can't have a career as well as a family and children. Mm -hmm. um, and that you do certain things because she came from a sort of diplomatic type background. Um, so it was quite mm, rigid, closed. There were certain things you should and shouldn't do. And, and, and Ireland is quite, well, has been and still is quite conservative with around family, family values and yes, stuff like yeah. that. I think it's progressed a lot now, maybe only yeah. in Dublin, but it's, it seems to have opened up a lot more, more. now with, with yeah. the economy and business development. Right. But, um, it was at that time, either you have a job or you have a family, but you don't have both. And mm. I know my two Irish aunts, they moved to London, had great careers but they never got married because they didn't think they could do both and they chose their careers. Um, mm. But from thinking about that, thinking about the people I was coaching um, and some of them, they were in their jobs and they were saying, well, I don't really like this and I'm not comfortable with this and I feel really under pressure with X, Y or Z. And I was like, well, change. I said, oh, I can't do that. I said, why not? Oh, because my husband wouldn't like it or my family wouldn't like it or it would be too difficult. And I said, well, what do you really want to do if you can do? And most people don't know because I think there's so much noise around us when we're growing up and when we go to university and things like that. We don't really know what we want anymore. We just we drift in directions that are taken by others. Um, and you need to go back and find out who you really are. So you can strip away all the layers. You don't need to tell anybody else. It's just for yourself. And to see if the values that you think you have are really yours or whether they're ones that you've acquired from, you know, your, your circle around you. Um, and then looking at what you're doing, whether it's what you really want to do or again if it's something that you've drifted into I don't know because the the job was there at the time so it was convenient or because your parents think it's a good thing to do or your husband or whatever and then find what parts you really like and what parts are really you because with that you can get an enormous amount of peace of mind even if you decide that the consequences of changing would be too much, just the fact of knowing who you are can give you a lot more energy and a lot more peace because you don't feel subconsciously conflicted, which quite often we do. Yes, um, yes, that's a big thing. Yeah, and I think that's where it can be so helpful to find out, you know, who you are. Um, because then once you know that, even if you decide you don't want to change completely or you don't want to have a, you know, a big upset 
get divorced, move to the other side of the earth or something like that. You can just focus on small tweaks to what you do, bringing in more of what you like and taking out some of what you don't like, which in all makes your life much happier. Um, And when you're happier, you've got more energy. And when you've got more energy, again, you're happier. So, you know, it's a good circle instead of a vicious circle. So that's why I started going back into that. Um, And when you think somebody who's in flow, there's this great thing, flow, which I know you'll understand, Joe, because you run. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you feel in flow, everything seems right. You don't notice the time. You don't notice anything. Mm -hmm. You're just completely caught up in what you're doing and that's what happens when we run yes yeah yeah <laughs> that's why so many people love running because it's exactly. an escape it's yeah. literally a mental escape yeah and you enter some other i mean for people who don't run they may just find this a bit creepy but you enter this <laughs> other zone where you're just in a, you're completely in another world it's like your mind is so at ease yes when you run yeah and i think that is what people used to be like before Mm. there were so many appearances that were important or you've got to do this or you've got to have that or you know before there was all this pressure Mm -hmm. I think a lot more people could access that state and so what I'm trying to do with my scope is to help people find where their flow is so that they can see what doesn't really agree with them what does agree with them and they can find more moments like that because I know if I'm doing web design I love design I mean Mm -hmm. I tell you I'm creative so Mm -hmm. once I start doing something like that I completely forget the time and I'm very much a morning person you know I get up at five o'clock I'm I'm normally working at six o'clock after I've done my yoga of course yes Um, (laughs) If I start doing something creative in the evening, I can go on till one, two, three in the morning and I really don't notice the time because I'm so into it and I'm so enjoying it. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't really experience. The flow, the flow, being in the flow. Yeah. Yeah. And you can find it at work. You can find it in your personal life. But you need to know what it is that gives you that feeling. So this is what I'm trying to do with Scope. Um, Help people peel back the layers where they've got confused or where something else has has sort of overcome what they wanted to do originally and find some of that so that they can bring more of that into their life, whether it's personal or professional. Mm, Yes. So... Knowing who you are and finding your passion, that's very topical now, generally across the board. Why do you think all of a sudden it's become this hot topic of knowing who you are, knowing what you want, um, finding out your passion? Why is it so important? Is it because you think people are just people? We've gotten to a point where everything is just kind of plateaued and everyone's just depressed and upset and angry that their lives aren't the way they thought it would be because they've been following a quote unquote path or what is this about all this rage about knowing who we are and finding our passions? I mean, there's so many Ted talks available just on this topic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, books. I think, yes. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it comes from people getting burned out 
I think also it comes from companies putting more and more pressure on people to do longer hours, to be more intense, to perform. To, mm. Yeah, to be much more bottom line oriented. Whereas before, I think it was more quality. Now it's much more money and you know you've got to do everything perfect and there's much more of an emphasis on perfectionism um and i think that's what's brought people to depression and stress and oh god yes like that um maybe depending on which country maybe the unemployment situation's got something to do with it mm. um, i know in the uk the unemployment level is quite low it's about four and a half percent or something like that yeah whereas in france it's ten and a half or eleven percent oh yeah so the french have very high unemployment rate yeah. and funnily enough the french apparently and i haven't verified this but it was a psychologist that told me apparently the the french are the second highest country in the world for uh treatment for stress for depression for tranquilizers, for antidepressants, going to a psychiatrist, going to a psychologist, etc. I think so, the US, I think the US is number one. I thought it was Argentina. Really? I thought the yeah. I know the US is up there on that list. <laughs> no, they are, they are, they are. They're, you, they're I've, competing. <laughs> I've read about it. But it's, you know, America is a very competitive country. It's a very you know, come here and, and, and build your dreams and you, you've got to hit the ground, you've got to work really hard. And I think as great as it may be to be in a place where you can accomplish all your dreams and whatnot, there's a downside to that Yes, as yeah, well. Yeah. So I didn't know Argentina was on the list. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it was an Argentinian lady that told me that. So okay. that type of field. Um, but I mean, also thinking back to when the crisis happened in 2008, Right. There was a story in one of the Brit newspapers um, about a company where the employees went to the management and they suggested having a salary cut to try and help the company keep going. So, you know, that to me shows an example of people that enjoyed their jobs, had good relationships and were really trying to do something positive. Sure. And for Whereas I think there's a lot, particularly since the crisis, but I'm sure, you know, for a couple of decades before, but particularly since, there's a lot of companies that have had to put more and more pressure on people. Um, and I know with the, the clients I work with at the moment, the hours that they're working are unbelievable. I mean, the Brits are meant to work incredibly long hours. But mm -hmm. some of the people I know, they're, they're in the office at seven, half seven in the morning. Oh, even earlier, if they're trying yeah. to avoid the commute. Yeah. yeah. And they're working until eight o'clock, half past eight, nine o'clock at night. And yep. regularly, not just for a minute. No, this is every day. I mean, I worked, when I worked in my previous career in property and construction industry, that was the norm to yeah. come in for seven yeah. uh, in the morning and leave seven, eight at night. But there's a big issue of um, presentee, pr 
how do you pronounce it presenteeism yes in in that industry anyway but yeah long hours was the norm and can you know when when i sit back and think about it sometimes i i just think to myself how dangerous you're in an office all day um in construction you're you're always running out to sites and to your meetings and to work on your projects but you you're not eating well you're not getting the right foods you're constantly on a train you're running all over the place it it takes a toll on your body after a while i think and um yeah and i guess that's in so many other industries finance banking yeah you know everything everything's gotten intense everyone's um over the top and it's i think it's dangerous yes yeah and i think you've got now because maybe because the internet and things like that social media Mm -hmm. um, people have got access to a lot more information than they had before so what they thought was the norm they can see isn't necessarily the norm everywhere right when you get people like Richard Branson, like um, Sheryl Sandberg, like, you know, the, the leaders of really big corporations that are very, very successful. Mm-hmm. And you see that they want to have a life. They mm-hmm. want to enjoy their work. They want to have a passion for what they're doing. Think of Arianna Huffington as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the focus of what she writes now it's is about sleep. Yeah, sleep and thriving. Um, so but do you think but do you think those three examples do you think they're making this shift now because number one they've made it so they put in the work for 20 odd years and number two they've all had bad experiences like we know Cheryl Sandberg's husband passed away we know Ariana Huffington had a really bad accident I think she was in a pool of blood and that's when yeah. she realized oh my god I've got to make some changes and well Richard Branson has had so many near-death experiences yeah. Yeah. but do you think it's because they've gone through that period of working those intense hours and now that they've quote unquote made it they feel like okay I need to be doing something different but versus the I the, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's now that they've made it that mm. it's different I think it's because they've had well, Richard Branson, I think he just loves being passionately involved in whatever it is he does. Yes, he so is. I, think, I love him. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think he's a really good example because for him, if it's not fun, he doesn't want to do it. Yeah. And I think that is a great attitude to have. Yeah. Um, but I think also um, the fact that these people have made it means that other people will now listen to their story. Mm. But I don't think it's the fact that they made it that's given them the opportunity to change i think it's having serious problems whether it's health or emotion or or loss or something you know something dramatic in their life it's made them see how shallow appearances are and how they've lost what their real values are so mm. having that that catastrophic whatever it was that they had it's let them go back down into themselves and see what really is important for them. And I think we're now reaping the advantage of their problems um, because as they're so well known, people will listen when they talk. Yeah, they've Um, got influence. They've got influence. Exactly. Exactly. But I think they wouldn't talk if they hadn't had those bad experiences. So I think it's the bad experience that's making people realize that their values aren't their true values. Um, yeah. 
when you lose something, when you really go down to the bottom, it makes you think, you know, you do see things differently. Um, and all of the previous things like having a wonderful job or a wonderful career or it doesn't uh, matter does it you don't care it's what's important is your family your friends your health and actually taking pleasure in what's around you um, mm. so whether you're driving the most beaten up car that exists mm -hmm. whether it's something very important Mm -hmm. you, you know, I don't mean important, something that's very expensive. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't matter. It really, it has no effect on you whatsoever. I mean, I've had a couple of bad experiences, which is probably why I've come into doing this about fulfillment, about really finding out who you are, because yeah. I've been able to see the difference. Um, and now I don't care if I have to walk everywhere. You know, I really don't care. Whereas before, I would have wanted to have a nice car. Mm -hmm. um, the same with the type of clothes you have, um, the, the things you do after work, the type of clubs or groups or things like that. Mm -hmm. um, to me, they're not important now. What's important is who I'm doing it with. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's like... Um, What's the guy, Dan Bwetner, whatever his name is, who did Blue Zones? Okay. And he was talking about, uh, I think it's the Japanese, the, the people from Okinawa who are the longest living people in the world. Yes, the most centenarians, yeah. yeah. And they've got their Maui group and they meet every day. Mm -hmm. And their Maui group is their closest friends. Um, and they make almost like an appointment it's almost like a, a meeting every day they meet up for half an hour or an hour to have a cup of tea together to talk to laugh yeah and I think that's part of the reason why they live so long and so happily mm. and I think people that have had some kind of disaster in their life that's what they realize that those oh absolutely absolutely um and then when they've had that they look at work differently. Um, they look at life differently. It's life altering. It's some bad experience, yes. you know, whether it's near death, illness, yes. divorce, getting fired from a job. Um, it, it's all, it's, some, it's usually something very powerful that, that changes people and makes them um, reflect on their lives. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is what's the, the push towards people being so much more involved in mindfulness in purpose in fulfillment mm. because people that have had disasters are talking about it whereas mm -hmm. before also it was very much hush hush you know you didn't air your dirty linen in public you kept these things really quiet and hidden away right. whereas now people have got a lot more courage about talking about what's happened and sharing their feelings um, and how it changed them and how it's given them the opportunity to recreate their life and recreate it in a different way, which is much closer to their values. Um, and so they're now finding a lot more fulfillment, a lot more energy, they're healthier. Um, mm -hmm. Also, if you take that into the people around them, including their colleagues at work, when you've got somebody near you 
who's happy, who's positive, who's energized, who's fulfilled, you soak up some of those positive vibes almost by osmosis. Right. It, it makes you feel better. So, you know, I think from all points of view, from the individual's point of view of finding fulfillment, which gives you energy, which gives you something that you want to do, but also from the the good feeling the wellness that you spread around you just instinctively it makes it good for everybody definitely so, so this this community secret birds uh our focus is women in pre-startup and startup phase of business at any yeah. age it's yeah. for women who have an idea women or a woman who's just started or has been running her business for no more than five years so we're that we're in that very special stage of our business so yeah. what role do you think um, fi finding out who we, who we are and age plays in running a business? Because you can be, you know, nowadays you can be a teenager and build a business. You can yep. build a business in university. You can uh, be on your, your third career where you've had, say, uh, a long, a long, long, spent a long time in the corporate world and then you became a teacher and then you decided to be an entrepreneur. There's so many different ways to do entrepreneurship these days. But yeah. what role do you think um, knowing who you are in age and in age, what, how, how do they intersect? Does it, does it matter whether you're 17 years old and starting a business or in your 60s and starting your business and, and trying to figure out who you are? Or do you, like, for example, some people would say, Oh, well, only, only, only at a certain age, you know who you are. Well, um, I think when you're older, mm -hmm. you've got an advantage of knowing, well, not necessarily an advantage, but maybe you can find out who you are more easily. Because you've got life experience, don't you? Yeah. Well, you mm. know what you don't like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> by, you know by that time, yeah. Not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You might not know who you are, but you know who you aren't. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, I think it can mean you can filter a lot of things out because you've tried so many different things. However, saying that when you're younger, um, maybe you can go directly to who you are without having to have all the negative experiences that make you know who you're not. So mm. I think at any age, it's definitely worth trying to do it. Um, it depends also on who's around you because younger people now, for example, you, you saying a 17 year old, mm -hmm. if they're 17, then they've got much younger parents. So their younger parents have possibly been more open-minded because they had more opportunities because, you know, it was out in the world that you didn't have to always do X, Y, or Z. You could, discover other things so maybe they've got a shortcut you know they might be luckier that they they've skipped having to go through the appearances and peer pressure and things like that so I don't think age really affects it in as far as it doesn't stop you finding out who you are um, I think when you're younger it's more difficult to find out who you're not because you haven't had that experience but I yeah. think you can still find out who you are. When you're older, you've got the, the benefit of knowing what you really don't like and who you really don't like. So that's yeah. good. Um, yeah. But fulfillment for an entrepreneur, I think what it does, if you can really find out who you are and you can 
get the fulfilling part of what you want to do and the fulfilling part of your character if you can bring that into your project into your startup whatever it is you're creating i think it gives you a much better niche because you've got more passion um, because when you really love something even when there's problems you can work through the, the problems whereas if it's something that deep down isn't you sometimes the problems can be really quite difficult you know it can be difficult to continue the challenges can seem insurmountable so maybe knowing who you are it gives you an extra edge it gives you that extra piece of energy you need when things get tough um, it can also give you clarity on the aspects that you really want to focus on because if you think about your passion your spark you know your your flow if you know that that's what you really want to do as long as you've done the market research to know that there is actually a market for doing it you're going to keep doing it longer and you're going to have uh, an extra instinct or intuition about what's going to work better because it it's you you know it's really part of you from deep deep down yeah one of the things i um i asked you in your interview in your blog q a rather was is it possible to know who you are and build a successful business because in in the ebook that i've written 10 steps to flight the first step is know who you are and know what you want and yeah. anyone reading that will think well okay so if i don't know who i am and if i don't know what i want does that mean i can't start a business so the question i asked you was is it possible to not know who you are and build a successful business and you said yes of course yeah. it is people do it all the time can you elaborate a bit more on that so people can understand it's not you know we're not saying that oh if you don't know who you are if you don't have it all figured out you can't start a business we're yeah. just saying that knowing who you are and knowing why you're doing what you're doing makes it much easier to build a business and to sustain the hardships and challenges yes. that go along with building a business. Yeah. So can you get into more detail about why it actually is possible to know, not know who you are and still turn around and build a hugely successful business? Okay, because if you think most people now, if they're going to build a business, they, they've got business school they've got training they've got apprenticeships they there's all sorts of things that they learn along the way whether it's from a levels you know they do whatever economics or science or whatever in a levels and then they carry on and do something in business school or in university um, or they go the apprenticeship route so that they're trained within a company but everywhere we are these days we're being trained we've got advice we can go on the internet and we can find how to do a business plan how to do marketing how to do social media how to manufacture whatever you know information is everywhere mm. so also there's a lot of tutors there's a lot of mentors you go into any government schemes they've got all sorts of training um, you go somebody who's unemployed and wants to start their own business normally the unemployment offices uh, they give all sorts of training as well so they know how to start they teach them how to do market research they show them how to do basic accounting so the knowledge you need to actually start a business it's there you know it's there for anyone the so 
whether you know who you are or don't know who you are, you can find the information that you need. And then it's a matter of following it and following it carefully. So if you do five years setting up your business and it's going all right, but you want to go to the next level, again, you can go back and you can find information about expansion, etc., etc., etc. But the difference with really knowing who you are, you've got the extra passion. So when you've got doubts, when you've got complications, that extra passion will carry you through. However, I mean, even if you don't know who you are, you can just be very determined and you can still get there. But I would say that the difference is probably pleasure and energy. Mm. You know, this flow. I keep going on about flow. Right? Yeah, yeah. But, but it's important, isn't it, having flow? Yes, yes. Because, I mean, some of the, a lot of the people that I work with, a lot of the clients I work with, they're really successful. I mean, really successful. Mm-hmm. But they are close to burnout. They're stressed. Mm. They don't see enough of their family. Um, they don't take enough holidays. They're always worrying about something. It's almost like they can't switch off. But um, I've got, there's a, a, somebody I can think of at the moment. And you would think from everything that you can see that she has the perfect career. Mm. Very, very high level, very good salary, very nice everything. You know, everything that you can think of materially, she shows perfect outward success. Inside, she's absolutely miserable. And she wants to do something different. She's like, oh God, I wish I could do this. And Mm. I'm like, well, do it. She says, yes, but then I don't have the same money and there's the problem of this and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So she's done all the training. She's done the perfect career moves. Uh, She's got right to the top. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, she's working in a corporation. So it's not entrepreneur as such, but she's showing an example of not knowing who you are and still being very successful. And I think in this instance, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you work at a top level in a corporation, you've got similar challenges and it's a similar feeling relating to knowing and not knowing who you are. But I would say for an entrepreneur not knowing who you are, you can still do it. You can still get there. Um, You've got the possibilities. You've got the training. You've got the opportunities if you've got an analytical brain, if you've got vision, you can still see everything that you need to do. But at the end of it, probably you won't have the same feeling of fulfillment mm-hmm. and probably you'll be that bit more tired mm-hmm. uh, and you might find decisions just a little bit more difficult. You know, you'll have more doubts mm-hmm. because you don't have the feeling. So it's almost like you'll be questioning yourself as well as whatever the challenge is in the business, but Mm. it's possible, you know, it's not difficult to be successful and not know who you are. It's just nicer to know who you are. Yes. And I'd like that to be the last, what you just mentioned to be the last thing we talk about today. Um, you, You work with hugely successful people. 
um, in terms of material wealth and all the trappings of quote unquote success, but they're miserable. And I think that's something very important to elaborate on because sometimes we look at all these people who are so successful. They've got this, they've got that, they've got the houses and the car and all this other stuff. But what you said is so important. They don't spend enough time with their family. They're miserable. They can't seem to shut off. There's a lot of intensity. I think that's, that's something that, um, needs to be discussed more and needs to be explored more because I think sometimes when people are first starting out with building a business, they have these ideas in their mind of what it's going to be like. Yeah. And they don't realize that you can build that business and be very successful and still be really, really miserable. Yeah. So um, just as a final point, what advice do you have for women in this community who are starting off who look at those people and say, oh, wow, I want to be like them, not realizing mm, <laughs> there's a price. So, yeah. and, and to find that balance. Okay, I would say don't compare yourself to other people. Um, don't think what you see is what is the be all and end all. Think about what really makes you happy. Take from what you see from others so you know if you see a, a good idea or a success story that you really like take the parts of it that you like but don't feel that you have to be the same as somebody else or follow their route because often moving laterally towards something or tweaking it to your own vision your own feeling that's going to get you much further much quicker and make you more happy while you're doing it that is really good advice. So now, Anna, tell us where, where can people find you? Give us your, your websites, um, your Twitter, your LinkedIn, your Facebook, and, and anything that you would like our audience to know about you. Maybe you might be interested in working with them or collaboration or, or anything. Okay. Um, websites, I have two actually, because I also have a radio show, which is all about empowering women. So the, the two websites, it's womenup.global and womenupradio.com. So those are the two websites. Twitter, um, there's womenup underscore radio, which is one, and womenup underscore scope, which is the other one. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, which uh, one of them is Women Up Radio, and the other one I think is Women Up Limited. So I'm everywhere. Right? <laughs> okay, that's um, good, yeah. I would say anyone that wants to have a look, go on to the website womenup.global, have a look under services and you'll see one of the, the drop down menu is called scope. Go on to that because on that you can find module one of the scope workbook and that will take you through the first few questions you can ask yourself about finding who you really are. So, you know, feel free to, to do that. And then if you've got any questions at all, I'm more than happy to answer emails or, you know, tweet me, whatever. I'm very happy to try and guide you in what you can do and how you can do it. Um, and depending on what sort of projects you're doing, if you want me to just have a look um, and give you a couple of pointers of what I think might be better, I'm also, I'm very happy to do that. So, you know, don't hesitate to ask me questions. I can't say that I can help with absolutely everything because I'm only expert in, you know, the fields that I'm expert in, but I'm more than happy to have a go. So feel free. And 
if any of you are very into women's empowerment um, and you've got some ideas, you've got a, a project you, that you think really helps other women with finding their own empowerment, again, feel free to contact me and maybe we could do an interview as well. Oh, that would be really nice. There you go. Anna is inviting you to do an interview. Well, that's, that's brilliant. Thank you so much, Anna. It was really, really nice to have you on today's podcast. Um, I, could, I, could, I could listen to you speak about fulfillment all day. I think it's, <laughs> I think, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's a very, uh, it's topical at the moment, but I think it's so important when you're starting out in a business to, yes. to think about these things early on rather than to, like most people do, wait until they've already built the business and realize, okay, I'm unhappy. And then yes. they go and do something else. I think it's yeah. so, it, this beginning stage is so crucial. So, yeah, so lovely birds, that is our podcast for today. And I hope this uh, conversation with Anna, I'm sure it did, has left you inspired or empowered or encouraged to think a bit more about who you are as you build your business and to focus on fulfillment. And do check out all of her websites and scope and like she said if you've got um if you're into women's empowerment and you're building something from scratch that you like to share with the world she'll she'll be happy to interview you so that is a wrap thank you so much thank you very much joanne it's been absolutely lovely yes thankful thankful and grateful to have you on today and hopefully we'll have you back on again talking about something else a bit uh, on a different topic <laughs> because you. you've got so many things that you can discuss <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it would be a pleasure okay bye for now bye